0: Welcome back to Radiotherapy. I am your host, Calypso, and we're diving into another chapter of Conversations in Black. This is chapter six, and this is going to be fun. All right, so the first question is, in what ways can young activists learn from old activists? Um... This is a complicated question because we have so much more technology today, but I do believe we can learn, as Killer Mike says, we can learn how to plot, how to organize, how to strategize from the older generation. Because I don't necessarily think that we have that part down. Um, I think... Not that I'm saying, like, guerrilla warfare or, like, things that are less, like, organized don't work. But I do think that we could get better with all the technology we have. With, like, disseminating information and, like, plotting, planning, strategizing, and mobilizing in a more, like, serious way. Um, I think that's something... Like, to me, that's very clear that we could learn from older activists. Next question. What could older activists stand to learn from their younger counterparts? Well, I don't... I think uh, social media, the use of social media is a good thing. Um, But I do also think that, like, boots need to be on the ground. So... Um, you know, in a sense, like, I think the older generation could be more of the tweeters and, like, the more, um, I guess they call them, like, you know, the, the keyboard activists kind of thing, um, and really, like, pass the torch, pass the torch in a sense to, like, this younger generation. Um, other than that, I think more so, I don't even... I don't know how to answer this because it's kind of like, I do think in some ways there are things that they could learn just like, uh, how we interact or like how we talk to each other, like the different things that have been normalized throughout our generation. But at the same time, it's also like how valuable are those things depends on like what kind of activism you're in and like what you're, excuse me what your end goal is. Um, so I don't know. I feel like it's a lot harder to say what the older generation can really learn from us. Um, cause I think it's more so this younger generation has a lot more to old, a lot more to learn from the older generation in the sense of like, just like learning, like sitting down, listening, and I think the older generation could do a little bit better job of, like, doing a little bit more hand-holding, which I also think is hard, because, you know, this younger generation doesn't necessarily want to listen, um, and stuff, so, uh, uh, a little light on that one. Um, how can we heal from the broken relationship between blacks and law enforcement, oh my gosh, this is such a serious question, especially given the time that we're living in right now. And I think the only way to heal is also is to forgive, regardless of whether or not like someone else is also offering up their forgiveness or um, sees anything that they did wrong. Because I think that like, any sort of relationship that's broken and has hatred in it is going to eat you up inside. Even if, um, even if you're not the aggressor, I think that just harboring any sort of like negativity, negative feelings, is going to just drag you down. Um, so, to me, number one, it's starting off with a clean slate. And I think how you do that is, I think I've told you this before, I think that we need to, and this is like a whole entire structural, structural plan that needs to be put in place. I think police officers need to live in the community that they police. Um, I don't think that we should have, um, a bunch of like section eight housing and like things like that in the same area. I think we need to spread it out into other communities. You should, it's like, it's like, why am I going to have a bunch of ghettos next to each other? And I think that it's better, you know, or tenements, whatever you want to call them. I think we need to spread them out into the community so that young people get to see how other people are living, engage a variety of different people from a variety of different backgrounds, uh, whether that be uh, religious, racial, um, just thoughts, uh, socioeconomic status, all these different things. I think that, like, having a bunch of the same people around each other who, uh, like, can sometimes limit young people in the sense that, like, I'm not seeing anything different and this seems like the route that I'm supposed to go and, like, I've only been on these four blocks and, you know, all those different types of things. So I think that's something to me that is just important on just a different level. But I think in terms of healing that relationship, I think it's people need to live in the communities that they're policing. I think we also need... Um, more conversations with police officers. Like, I think it shouldn't always be a negative. I think we need to try and work on building positive relationships with police officers in in the communities. And I think the only way to do that is for them to live in the community. I don't know any other way, which means we need to build housing for police officers to live in these communities so that they can interact learn the social norms within that specific area so you know they don't necessarily don't misread a kid or anything like that but that's also to me too is like i do agree that there does need to be some sort of like education put on to um policing or we need to have there be social workers, psychologists working with police officers on a more regular and, like, ingrained basis because I just think it would just be beneficial because there's a lot of things that I don't think cops are equipped to handle. You know, I think cops need to be more of a backup, you know, and I think having them be in the community and offered trainings... And uh, just interact with the community in a more positive way is going to lead towards that healing. And I think on the other side, just because I think black people have to let go of everyone's the same. If I've never seen this cop before, I think you have to go in with the mentality that the cop is different And, and vice versa. I think that if you are, wear, uh, a police officer's uniform and you think that all black people are the same, like, you need to change your mindset and realize that, like, every person you meet, which is how you should approach it anyways, every person you meet is a good person and is going to do the right thing. But why, once again, going back to they need to live in the community, you need to understand the social norms of the people you're dealing with. If I grew up in a house where everybody's screaming and yelling and that is normal because they're upset and they don't know how to process their emotions in a healthy way, for you to then escalate the situation or feel like they are coming at you, like, in a way that requires you to use force is just, like, a lack of your own knowledge. So I think both people need to get more knowledgeable about each other. And the only way to do that is to live together, and start off with a clean slate. So, like, maybe having, like, a meeting where, uh, the cops who are moving into the neighborhood get a chance to, like, sit down with the people in that neighborhood, and, like, they talk to each other, and hopefully, um, build a good bridge, so maybe, like, when their housing or whatever is being built, uh, it's, like, okay, they have all these meetings for a couple months where people can come, ask them questions and different things like that. Because I think that's the thing that's really going to change it um, is just that creating that community policing feel um, and stuff. And I also think uh, the other issues that are impacting the black community play a huge part in it too. I don't think that one person is at fault And we just have had this kind of building and building and building. And I think when you go into the historical fact that, like, you had these KKK members and different things like that already ingrained within the police force, um, I think that just adds another layer onto it and creates distrust. Um, So I think... The best way, in my opinion, to heal the relationship is to have dialogue and to have these people live in the community. They need to understand the social norms of that community because I think a lot of things happen because there's a misunderstanding. And I think police officers need to not see themselves as people who are supposed to be these, like, all-powerful tactical giants, um, and just, you know, be normal people, and I think on the other side, us, like, the normal people (laughs) need to not be seeing them that way, like, to treat them as if they're people, you know what I mean, uh, So, I don't know. That's my two cents. They need to live in the communities that they're policing so that they get to learn the social norms and have, like, more, like, community meetings where people can, like, communicate with cops, air their grievances, uh, maybe, like, a, a, a commission where it's just police officers and people can come in and have, like, an open forum and air their grievances, as well as having police officers live in their community. That's my two cents on that. That was a little drawn out, and I repeated myself a lot, but oh well. Uh, do, uh, do, does black-on-black crime differ from forms of uh, intra r- interracial crime? How and why? I don't, I mean, I don't think black-on-black crime necessarily differs because people are more likely to attack people who look like them or that crime is more likely to happen when you live in close proximity or with somebody of the same race. So I don't think it necessarily differs in that regard. I think the only reason it differs um, is because of the the level of like poverty um lack of access and and I and I don't even know if lack of access is the right word but just like a like there I think there's a lot of once again internal things going on in the black community once again not knowing how to process the trauma um And so you take it out on each other. And I think it's also envy. You know, I I think people want what other people have. And I think that's also why I do not support this, this whole like, black, white, like, always this constant comparison, because I don't want to compare myself to anybody else I want to be the best person I can be I don't want any of your shit I want my own shit you know what I mean and I feel like that has to be the mentality in order to move people forward rather than accepting the limitations put on you because we're living in such a like a dichotomous society and we're internalizing what the world has told us we're capable of I think that's some fucking bullshit but I think it does differ because there is that access piece but I feel like that access doesn't exist because people don't think it exists um I think education is so so important like and this doesn't have to mean that your school has to be perfect and you need a pool and you need you know what I mean you need all these things but like I think you need to know how to read, I think you need, you know what I mean, I think you need to read the books that are in front of you, they might not be the best books, but you can still read them, um, they have public libraries, different things like that, that I think are very valuable, and I think there is more than one way to get an education, or I should say there's more than one way to get knowledge, um, and I feel the other reason that black-on-black crime is different um, is because you don't hear a lot of races talking about the crime that gets done to them by police officers. So when you're saying, oh, like like I talked about with the Black Lives Matter thing, I think people say Black Lives Matter, and that's, that is a good thing, and I don't think there's anybody who disagrees with that. But you saying that, in relation to police officers, but then at the same time, you have these high murder rates and all this stuff, and you guys don't even care about each other, you know what I mean? I think that's where it differs, because you don't hear a lot of other races and things like that calling for these kinds of things. So... I don't think that it's right to say like, oh, but there's black on black crime. I don't think that that is a, a reasonable excuse because obviously police officers should do their best not to harm anyone if in a way that like where they're dying, if possible. I totally think that and I don't think anybody disagrees with that. If there's somebody out there. I don't know what's wrong with you, but there might be someone out there like that. But I think a majority of people would say, obviously, we want suspects to be apprehended in a way where they can go through due process and stuff like that. So I think that's the real issue in terms of like the differ, the difference between them is just... I think there's educational issues, I think there's access issues, I think, um, a poor spirit, because I just don't, I mean, I'm somebody, uh, who's not, like, overly obsessed with, like, money, and, like, I need this, and I need that, like, there are things that I like, don't get me wrong, I do have, sometimes there are things that I like, like, I love, I love my wine, you know what I mean, um, and stuff, but I, in terms of, like, spending money, I like to go out and eat, you know, like, good food sometimes, but in terms of, like, I need, like, this kind of car, I need these shoes, like, I'm not even a shoe person, like, so, you know, those types of things, um, I don't really get, like, envious about, so I think that's it, too, is just, like, we need to not be, like, envious of other people's stuff, in terms of, like, stealing and stuff like that. Like, I think we need to be more so working together as a community and rebuild that connection within the black community. And I think that our communities, you know what I mean? The quote-unquote ghettos would drastically change and stuff like that. And I think then... People would be less likely to use the whole black-on-black crime thing, but maybe that's just wishful thinking on my part, but once again, it's education, it's, uh, poor spirits, I don't, because like I said, the money thing, I don't think is, I, I think money is a part of it, but I think the fact that our society values money and we have internalized it in the sense that, like, I need it and I need it at all costs, um, is a negative. I think our spirits are not where they need to be. Um, We need to work on education, opportunity, access. We need to just, the whole entire mind shift. Um, But there's no real difference, uh, like, realistically, between any other type of, like, you know, white on white right crime, Asian versus a, Asian on Asian crime. There's no, like, real difference, um, in my opinion. I don't think it really differs from any other form of crime. Just, it does in the sense of the issues facing the black community in some ways, but I don't really think that those matter because I think when you're committing crime, it's just, like, I don't even think people are really thinking about that. I think they're thinking about like I want this, I need that, or I have to do this or, you know, all those other all those other things that are extenu- extenuating circumstances of that own individual's life. I guess I do take a more like uh, uh what's the word? Oh my gosh. Uh of, like, you know, you have all, there is, like, a term for this, but all the stress on your life that leads you down a path or in order to commit these different types of crime. And I can't think of it right now, and it's going to come to me later. I shouldn't be recording this at, like, 3 in the morning. But, oh, well. All right. Uh, what laws could we create and amend to better help black people today. I don't know if there's any law or amendment that we could make that's really going to help black people today. Cause I think this is like I said earlier, or was it in this one or the one I did before this, but I think it was in yeah, I think it was a chapter four one. But I think black empowerment comes from financial literacy and education. And just as I said earlier us coming together as a community period. Um, I don't think, I think politics is a fool's errand. I'm not trying to create anything. I'm not trying to like tell, I don't want anybody to be in control of my stuff. Like I feel like I control a situation by the way that I act and stuff like that. And if I ensure that my stuff is correct and I'm working with people who want to work with me, then life is good. I'm going to get what's coming to me. Um, I don't know. I don't I don't think there's anything we can do to necessarily make it better because education is going to give people skills. Skills are going to get people jobs and stuff, um, which is why we need education. We need financial literacy so we can create generational wealth, but I think part of that is letting go of status symbols like We, black people, we do, we contribute to the economy in a very serious way, but, like, what are we spending our money on? You know what I mean? Are we saving money to invest in a house? Are we still stuck on, like, I don't, I don't have uh, a lot of disposable income, but what are you spending your money on? Do you need, like, I know the Jordans thing gets played out, but, like, do you need those shoes you know, do you need Louis Vuitton? You know what I mean? It's, it's like, you know, when you look at people who are actually rich, do they, do they put it out there like that? You know what I mean? That's all. That's all. I'm just saying you don't have to flaunt it. I think we need to be trying to build that wealth. And the only way to do that is for The beginning generations to sacrifice to create wealth that is just going to build on top of itself, so you have money that makes you money, you have things that make you money. That's all, and I and that's why I don't think that there's any law or amendment that can be created that's going to help black people today. I think right now we got to do the like internal work, that communal work on ourselves, which is also hard because we don't necessarily have our own community in that kind of way. And I think that's also where you get this. There's an internal struggle because like, yeah, I'm black, but I'm also an American. You know what I mean? And yes, I have this common history with black people in terms of like slavery and stuff. But I also have that in common with white people. It's just that they're on a different They experience the trauma of our history in a different way. You know what I mean? Because I think both sides right now, like living today, are both traumatized. You know what I mean? Because you can believe people can do evil things. I think it's entirely different when they do them and you hear about them or you see them. So... Yeah, I mean, I think we have to do, like I said, I think it's just all internal work from here, and I think it's just hard for the black community, because we don't have our own communities to go back to, because so much distrust has been sown within our own community, and just not knowing where to start and also just not having anything in common anymore because we've fallen away from the space that really brought us together. You know, you think about like the black church is where all this stuff happened, where we came together, we healed, we gathered strength from each other. um, And that's gone now. And that's not to say that it's like a negative thing. And I totally understand why people have fallen away from it but now that, now that space, that commonality is gone. So I don't know how we start like building those bridges and like making changes. I think it's a lot easier. Um, when you live in a community where you have like predominantly black people for like four blocks, you know, like you could really make something happen with that. Um, but I think on a, I think it's a lot harder to do that on a national scale. Um, especially because black people are so diverse, we are so not monolithic, and we're getting less and less um, cohesive. Um, Because people have their own ideas about life and like what they want out of life and what their goals are and who it is that they want to be who it is they want to be with. Um, You know, and we have our own internal struggles and stuff like that with, like, different types of people, you know, it's, like, you've got black people, there's all these, this intersectionality going on, because you have, like, black people, you have black people who are gay, or who are just a part of the LGBTQ community in general, and then it's, like, how does the black community deal with that, like, they're not necessarily the most accepting people, like, There's all these different things that come into it. There's also socioeconomic issues. There's educational barriers for certain people. Like, I can't just be, like, there are people, like, I always say this, like, everybody loves Obama, calls him the first black president. Okay. First of all, he's interracial. And on top of that, he was raised by predominantly white people. So... I'm just saying and like everybody loves him but at the end of the day if he didn't become president and and you dropped him in the hood today and he wasn't the president I don't know. One, I don't know if he would necessarily go there and two, I don't think that the hood would be very accepting of this person. You know what I mean? So, I just think that those are things that I think about in terms of us Uh, in terms of black people being able to move themselves forward because we don't have that community space anymore, which is kind of why segregation was good in some aspects because we had to interact, we had to come together, we had to um, work within our own communities to build our success. Anyways, moving on to the next question because that was long-winded and I repeated myself a bunch of times. Uh, At least I'm noticing it now. That's all I can say. Uh, What do you think will be the lasting impact of the Black Lives Matter movement? So, I don't necessarily know if it's going to have a lasting impact. I think it's going to go down in the history books for sure but I don't necessarily think it's going to have a lasting impact. However, we are still in like the very like beginning stages of this and we have no idea how long it's going to last. So right now, I would say I don't think it's going to have a lasting impact or like anything like that. I think it's just going to be Uh, something that happened, something that is going to go down in history, but it's not going to lead to anything serious. And I think the only reason it's not is because the demands and what people want are not clear and easily attainable you know what i mean and you have and there's no real clear consensus on the end goal and stuff like that and i and this is always my thing and this is also why i don't think you can create a law or an amendment is you cannot legislate love i think some things just take time and it just takes one person to walk across the aisle, and to do something different. And then things slowly start to change on their own. And it naturally happens. You know, as opposed to trying to legislate the love into existence, legislate acceptance into existence, you know what I mean? You can tell somebody to treat me nicely, and they can, but like, in their heart of hearts, like, They don't care about me, you know, and I think if we do that, everything is going to happen naturally. But that also takes patience. And I know everybody's like, well, we don't we shouldn't have to wait anymore. Um, But I think the I think the more we focus on it, the more we fight. I think the less progress we're going to make, I think, to me, we need to make peace let bygones be bygones, and get to the grind working, building black financial literacy, building up um, our education. And that means we got to work and we got to be building our skills and we need to invest in our people. It's that simple. But I I don't think the Black Lives Matter movement is going to have a lasting impact. I think what... I think it would if it really went into black communities and focused more so on that rather than looking externally because once again I feel like always looking at what somebody else's has or looking for acceptance for any place outside of yourself is just like a fool's errand all right how has it changed me and my community. I don't think the Black Lives Matter movement has really changed me at all, um, or my community, but remember, I just moved, so I can't really say, like, the community is exactly the same, because I've been experiencing, experiencing it since, um, the Black Lives Matter movement has been going on, and, like, especially now, because it's really, like, ramped up, and I've only lived here for, uh, like, six months or something like that, maybe a little bit more, so I can't really say any, I can't really speak to that, um, but I can say, at least for myself, it hasn't changed me. I think it's made me have more, like, conversations, Um, about it, conversations about police brutality, which is always good, like, you know, it's a good conversation starter, it's something that people are passionate about, and stuff, but I don't think it's necessarily had any uh, crazy impact on me. All right, until next time.